Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well wherever you are and whatever it is that you're up to on this fine day. I appreciate y'all joining me, as always. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time. I know how precious a commodity that is these days. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and to help the numbers grow and spread the word, thank you so much. I'm incredibly humbled and grateful for that. And I hope that it gives you some encouragement and gives our nation a little bit of, just a little bit of help. We're going to actually sit on the porch today. It started to rain, so we're just going to sit here. I have two puppy dogs, one that's rather wet and uh, odiferous, and we're going to just have a little porch sit and talk. So as we get into this Christmas season, we've been going through a lot of the Christmas Eve messages uh, from different presidents, and we talk so much on this podcast about how the tie how great a tie there is between America as a nation and God and the Bible and the principles of Jesus Christ. And I talk a little bit in different episodes about those principles, but I don't I don't elaborate on them much and there's a reason why because I am uh, there's people that are that are better skilled at that. Uh, and there's a number of them out there and at some point, I'll do a podcast where I talk about some of them. But I thought, as we're getting into this Christmas season, that it might be beneficial to kind of go over a few of those principles of Christ in light of how they affect our country and our nation and and why so many of our founders and great leaders told the country to turn to Christ, to focus on those principles and to look at them. And so I'm going to kind of go back and forth this episode between some of his principles and some comments by some founders, but I'm just going to touch the wave tops on a few of them and we'll see how far we get, folks. So the first one, if you know anything about the New Testament, there's a section where a teacher, elder, whatever you want to call him, comes to Jesus and asks him, what are the, what, what is the greatest commandment? And Christ responds, the first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, right? Or something very close to that. And the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. And it really does, folks. Everything springs from that in our country. All of our actions. Are we, are we loving God individually and as a nation? And are we loving our neighbor as ourself? Right? Well, so how does this apply to a lot of the topics that we see today? Probably the first one that I would talk about is the right 
to life, sanctity of life. And this is a huge issue, especially right now with uh, the case going before the Supreme Court that has the potential to overturn Roe v. Wade from the 70s. But so if we look, the first thing I probably ought to read, because some of these verses, folks, are going to come from the Old Testament, some from the New. And that may may not mean much to some of y'all, and that, that's fine. But it's important just to state the fact that Jesus said, Do not misunderstand why I have come. I have not come to abolish the law or Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. So the reason I say that is because just because I pull something from the Old Testament doesn't mean that it's irrelevant because Jesus was saying, old or new, I'm here to accomplish the purpose set out by Moses and the prophets in the Old Testament. I know that's getting a little bit in the weeds, folks, so don't, don't leave me. Stick with me a little bit. Right, so on this right to life, if you will, Jeremiah, which is from the Old Testament, which is why I referenced that. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. The reason, you go back to that first line and and God saying, Before you were even born in your mother's womb, I knew you. And so we just so often you know on this podcast we tie america back to god with the the foundation of our country and so you see that and so here god's saying i knew you when you were being formed and so when we as a country have approved of murdering babies inside the mother's womb what we're telling God is, yeah, I, I know that you know this kid, but I'm going to go ahead and get rid of it anyway because I don't really want it. And we've done that, <laughs> the ones that we know of, somewhere in the tune of 60 to 63 million times over the last half century. There's a price to pay, as Jefferson, the quote we've used so often, and He was referencing slavery, I think, in particular, but he said, I tremble for my nation when I when I realize that or when I think about the fact that God is a just God and his justice cannot sleep forever. There's going to be a price to pay, folks, and we're already paying it. But so that's one. Uh, And there are a number of other verses that you could go through and look at. But as I said, I'm just going to kind of hit the wave tops here and and we'll come back maybe and hit some of them more in depth later. So another one that is really hurting us as a nation right now is sexual perversion. And really, in particular, two, two ideas. One, that men and women are interchangeable, that we're the same. Uh, it, in fact, it's gone so far that now men want to be women and women want to be men, right? Or, or think they are. And a lot of this has been pushed through with the feminist movement and the LGBTQ movement. And so how does this tie in? You know, America is a Christian nation, so how does this tie into that? Well, there's a couple verses here. One, talking about creation, and says, God 
as he created them, male and female, he created them and he blessed them. It didn't say male and female unless we want to be something else, folks. It said male and female. There's a reason that God made each of us the way he made us. And so when we pretend otherwise, again, we're, we're hurting our nation because we're going against these principles. And I was going to wait a little bit here, but this is probably about as good as time, good as time as any, if I said that right. I don't think I did. But Jefferson, who loved or is loved by the left so often as the prototype for separation of church and state, right? That's where we got that line. Well, this, this is what he had to say. And this is from an 1803 letter to Dr. Benjamin Rush. The practice of morality being necessary for the well-being of society, he, God, has taken care to impress its precepts so indelibly on our hearts that they shall not be faced by the subtleties of our brain. We all agree in the obligation of the moral precepts of Jesus, and nowhere will they be found delivered in greater purity than in his discourses. So, translate that for some of us that are a little bit slower, right? Jefferson is saying, we have an obligation to follow Jesus Christ. And if you want to know what that means, look in Christ's words. So again, folks, I mean, this, this, the tie we illustrate all the time on this podcast, but I'm just trying to illustrate today some of these precepts, right? So right to life, God knew us in our mother's womb, and then male and female, he created us. And the other thing we get there that's really been devastating is marriage, right? We want to have sex with whoever we want, whenever we want, however we want, male, female, animals, whatever it is, doesn't matter, right? Uh, because we can't, you can't judge anybody else, right? Which, that's a whole long topic in and of itself. Condemning an action, being discerning, that's not judgmental. And it's certainly not hurting. It's, it's hurting to a person to allow them to keep on going. If we have time, we'll go back to a little bit about that from the Bible. But, so, when God talks about marriage, what does he say? For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Man and a woman. Not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman, not a man and a donkey or whatever else we want to pretend a man and a woman that's a marriage that's the only thing that's a marriage and the and the really fascinating thing folks when you talk about america is right this is a god ordained institution marriage it's not government ordained so the government can say what they want all day long till they're blue in the blue in the face but that doesn't change what marriage is because government didn't create it just because the civil society or the government says oh well if you're a man and a man you can get married no you can pretend that you're married you can act like you are but you're not and it goes directly against 
our country's foundation. And there's a court case that we've talked about a number of times here, but I'm going to just go back to it real quick. Uh, 1885, and this had to do with polygamy, mostly, folks. This was a decision from uh, the case of Murphy versus Ramsey, U.S. Supreme Court. Every person who has a husband or a wife living and marries another is guilty of polygamy and shall be punished. For certainly no legislation can be supposed more wholesome and necessary in the founding of a free, self-governing commonwealth fit to take rank as one of the coordinate states of the Union than that which seeks to establish it on the basis of the idea of the family as consisting in and springing from the union for life of one man and one woman in, holy, in the holiest state of matrimony. The sure foundation of all that is stable and noble in our civilization, the best guarantee of that reverent morality which is the source of all beneficent progress in social and political improvement. So here, folks, again, you've got both. You've got God and the Bible talking about marriages between a man and a woman. It's a God-ordained institution, not a man-ordained institution. But even if it is, when you go back to the Supreme Court case, and when you look, when you get closer and closer to our founding, folks, that's another problem. So many people want to look at here and now and go, oh, well, we're going to make these decisions now. We're going to pretend that you can marry whoever you want now. And that's what they really meant. No, that's not. That's not. That's just a lie. That's just somebody twisting something to make it be what they want. When we go back and look, marriage between a man and a woman has been historically, that's the heritage of the country. That's the strength of the country. Reagan talked about the strength of the family is the strength of the nation. Well, the strength of the family is the strength of the marriage. And you see it. If the marriage is strong, the family is strong. If the marriage is weak, the family is weak. With just almost insignificant exceptions to that. Well, it really is insignificant exceptions. So here again, uh, that's another one of Christ's teachings. And we're really running out of time already. I guess I love hearing the sound of my own voice this afternoon. Uh, let me try and get through one more real quick, folks. And it's not quick. None of these are quick, folks. But I'm just trying to, I felt like, had somebody tell me recently that it would be good to expound on some of these. I feel like those are really two hot topic issues. And another one right now is immigration, illegal immigration. And one of the arguments that you hear so often is, uh, if you're really Christian, you, you welcome all immigrants. Because if you don't, that's cruel and uncaring, right? Well, so what does the Bible actually say? So when you go back to the Old Testament, which is where a lot of the argument comes from, right? You go back and it says things like, Cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, right? Uh, and what's another one? Let me see real quick, folks. Do not oppress a foreigner. You yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. It's very true. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. But when it says these, often there's another line in there that people on the left that support illegal immigration don't like to quote. And, and that says that the same law applies to both the foreigner and the native-born. Well, so if you, and if you're going to take that, first of all, that means that the same laws that apply to us apply to anybody that wants to come in to America. And for example, 
if somebody goes and robs a bank, which is on a much less scale what they're doing by breaking into the country, right? You break into a bank, you rob it. If you get arrested, if you get caught just because you have kids, that doesn't mean that the police go, oh, okay, I'm sorry. You go ahead and go on because you have kids. We don't want to put you in jail and separate you from those kids. It certainly doesn't mean that you say, oh, okay, well, you don't worry about it. You know what? You keep that money, keep all the stuff you stole out of the bank, and we're going to go ahead and wipe everything out and pretend like you didn't do anything wrong, right? No, that's ludicrous. It's insane. That's exactly what we're doing, though. We're saying, oh, you go ahead and break in. And really, you could take this to the 14th Amendment and this birthright citizenship thing that has created this, what they call birthright tourism, right? They fly these women over that are right about to give birth. They have birth in the United States, and bam, their kid's a U.S. citizen. That was never the intention, ever, right? In both cases, though, folks, whether you're talking about illegal immigration or that, if we're going to go back to the Bible and use that, okay, well, the same law has to apply. And really, if you get down into it, that meant that they had to follow the precepts of the God of Israel. So if you want to go ahead and do that, then we're going to go ahead and say, okay, if you want to come in, not only do you have to follow the same laws, that means you have to follow God and Jesus Christ. So I, I'm game for that. If that's, if that's the way that you want to go, we'll go that way. I got no problem with that. But that's not, that's not how they use it, right? But that is the actual Bible verse. Same law play, applies to both the native-born and the foreigner. And then when it says, cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, not only does that mean if someone mistreats a legal immigrant that there needs to be punishment for that, but if you're really going to talk about justice, then if you break into the country illegally, if you steal resources and representation away from Americans, right? Because in the New Testament, it talks about how we have a responsibility to care for the members of our household first. And if we don't, that makes us worse than an unbeliever. So we have a responsibility to care for the members of our household, our American household. Pretty easy transition there, folks, I think, between your flesh and blood household, the Christians, right? And, and stretching that example to the country that we have a first responsibility to our American brothers and sisters. So just across the board, folks, the idea that in America, illegal immigration represents our history and heritage, right? No, no, it doesn't. And that's certainly not a teaching of Christ and God when you look at the actual verses. See, that's the thing is so often you don't want to look at the actual verses. People don't want to look at that. They just want to talk about it. Right. And I've gone on too long. I've got another one here, folks, but we're going to have to cut it short so that y'all get to go on with the rest of your day. We'll come back to it at some point, folks. It's a good thing, especially in this Christmas season, as we get really close to celebrating Christ's birthday, because that is what Christmas is about. It is very important to look at Christ's teachings and really to continue to look at these ties laid out between God and the Bible and Jesus Christ in America because they are absolutely, you cannot separate them because if you do, which is what's happening, then you lose the country, which is what's happening. So I'll leave y'all be. Y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever is left of your day. Thank you so much for spending some time with me here, sitting on the porch. Puppy dogs say thank you as well, although I think I'm down to one. And uh, enjoy it, folks. And wherever you can, 
spread the light of truth, spread it just a little bit. It helps whether you're talking to one person, whether you're talking to your kids, a friend, a coworker, whatever it is, however you can do it and take some encouragement and look forward to this season where we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ individually and as a nation and how much God has blessed us as a nation. God bless y'all, your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.